Welcome to the Become Who You Are podcast, a production of the John Paul II Renewal Center. I'm Jack Riggett, your host. Hey, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be with you, and I'm excited to announce I have a new series I'm going to start every Tuesday. There is a catechesis I used to, to share with people called Tuesday Night at the Smith Home, and it's for anybody, everybody, whether you're you're single, married, you know, you've got 20 kids or you don't have any, It's but it's becoming a Christ-centered family. It's bringing Christ right into your home and into your heart. There is just too much evil in the world, and we have to have f- find ways to share it. I, I just get too many calls and too many emails from people that that, and my heart goes out to them. You know, the the young people today, the old people today, everybody growing up in this very twisted, distorted, toxic culture. We've been repeatedly lied to about the very basics concerning the meaning of marriage, the family, what authentic love is, the true meaning of sex and our sexuality. So many more. So many people are anxious and nervous about all the things going on in the world. And there are some rough things going on in the world. Maybe I'll bring up a couple of those things as we get started with this. But the whole idea is this. We center around, we pick a night, no TVs, no cell phones, invite a couple of people over, make a, make dinner. If it's, if it's you, your wife, and your family, great. If you don't have uh, an immediate family around, go find a neighbor, go find a friend, go find your grandparents, go find a cousin. It doesn't matter. Say, hey, come on over on Tuesday nights. We're going to share the gospel story. Uh, let that grow. And uh, anyways, the center of this is to have read the gospel ahead of time, know some some ideas, and, and you meditate on it, lectural divinity. Right where we read the gospel, we meditate on it. We pick a phrase or, or or even a word or two that speaks to our heart, and then we pray on that. We ask God, you know, what do you want to speak to me about in this? And then finally, we're silent. We listen, and so we've done this ahead of time. And then on this Tuesday night at the Smith Home, we uh, we we start to unpack this. We ask a question. Hey, I was I was reading the gospel for this Sunday, or the first reading, second reading, whatever you want to do, and you said, you know, God said this, or Jesus said this, or Saint Paul said this. What do you think he meant about that? And you bring this into in, into the home. So on Tuesdays, what I want to do Tuesday mornings, I want to 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 have this ready for you. I'm just going to do a little meditation on that upcoming scripture. Something else you could think about. You could use it, or you could not use it. It doesn't matter. But it's a reminder. It's something to get going with. So I'm launching it today. Uh, I know it's not Tuesday, probably when you're listening to this, and that's okay. But in the future, look for it, uh, and it's going to be really meditating on Scripture. We need this. We need to get Christ into our heart. So buckle up and get ready for today's episode. So it's gotten to the point where just many people are just throwing up their hands. You know, we're just poorly catechized yourself. We almost feel like it's beyond our control. Things are, are spinning out of control in a way they are. You know, we have this, this, we're bombarded with this information. Look, we've got these warmongers again in a government starting a new war. I'll, I'll be getting into that more on, but not today. Today's about scripture and bringing scripture into our lives because we're going somewhere. Look at God is still there in control and we, we just keep bringing this evil in. And the only way to combat evil is with good. We have to start bringing, and, and you can't join this camp of the this rabid vitriol of those who want to murder their own children now when Roe versus Wade. And, you know, all these things, literally, you know, a cultural Marxism is attacking the innocence of our own children and distorting them. 
well, parents and 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 friends of mine and cousins and and, uh, and 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 people in my own family have become somewhat paralyzed and they feel threatened as the culture labels them bigots or accuses them of hatred for just trying, huh, to speak about Christianity. Well, this is an old story. We have to get this into our heart. We have to listen to Christ so we know how to react. In many cases, this this has resulted in a crisis of faith in the church. In spite of the many challenges facing families today, all is not lost. You got to start walking into the story. You know, a lot of times we feel like we, you know, we came into the story 45 minutes late. We don't know where we came from. We don't know where we're going. We don't know in the context of this. And and it's not it's it's not brain surgery to do this, but we need to walk with Christ. We need to literally be it's called the enrichment of faith. Take this deeply into our hearts and then and then sit there with God and let him fill your heart. Let him bring your peace. Let him tell you, hey, look at I know where we're going. I know these are anxious times. So I want to just get into Sunday's scripture right now. I'm going to read. What what a contrast. And and I'm going to read you a little bit from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's all from the Gospel of John. It's really telling a love story. And, you know, John Paul II, he loved young people especially. He never gave up on them. He saw what they were going through. He said, true love exists. And here's Christ is going to be telling us, right? Wait for love. Don't lower the bar. That's that's the world's jobs, not ours. You know, we've got this twisted, distorted history of the uh, of using and abusing people. And again, we see this outside in the wars and bombings and and uh, in this in this military industrial complex that we're feeding, and all of this hatred and vitriol with with uh, Roe versus Wade talk. And it's amazing stuff. We need to know that true love exists. We need to know that our reality that we're. Making Made for a love story. You know, the history of mankind, the history of salvation always passes by the family. This is the core. This is who we are. We need to bring our friends and our family and our extended family together. We need to share the gospel. We need to step into it. So that's what this is. So let's help our families, friends, and, and ourselves. This starts always with ourselves. Become stronger, healthier, happier. You know, we're in a battle right now. And then in turn, this will make your parish life, uh, your neighborhoods more vibrant, healthier, and ha- happier. So I want you to, to look around, think about just for a little while, the contrast, the evils in the world. And they compare that to Christ in the in the Gospels. Let Him speak to your heart. So, you, so you got to get into a to a a good place with your heart. Find some silence. Take a deep breath. Sit outside if you get a, ch- a chance to listen to this, and look at the, you know look at the stars if it's in the evening, or or you know let the sun and the breeze hit your skin. You know Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. So this is from Friday. So I'm going to read a little bit from Friday. Well, I'm going to read Friday's gospel, Saturday's gospel, and Sunday, and they're not very long. So 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 don't worry. And there's a reason I'm going to do that with just a little meditation afterwards. So Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. This is from Friday. If you have the Magnificat, this is from John chapter 14, verses. 1 through 6. And listen to Jesus speak to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. And you know the way where I am going? And then Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father 
but by me. Jesus is asking us to come and, and be in union and communion with him. Sister Lucia, who you, sp- uh, you heard me sp- uh, speak on a number of different times, she was the principal and the oldest of the three children and the one that survived into adulthood from whom Our Lady of Fatima appeared in 1917. And she, she just died in 20, uh, 2005, so not so long ago. And I just want to read her a, a little bit about this meditation, which is also in the Magnificat. Jesus assures us, Sister Lucia said, that there's a place for us in heaven if we choose to follow his way. The way that he has mapped out for us by his word and his example, the way which is he himself, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He who has seen me has seen the Father. Hence our way is Christ. He is our way by his word, by his teaching, by his life. We must therefore identify ourselves with Christ in order to reproduce in ourselves the life of Christ and see Christ in the Father, as He told us, "I and the Father are one." So, at the end of the end of Saint Lucia's quote there. So, I am the Father and one, and He's inviting us into that story to be one with everyone in heaven. This is the power of this, and so eternity is not tomorrow. Eternity means forever. You know, when you're ever wondering what the truth is, or somebody says, "Well, what is the truth?" Just say. You know, the truth is not a something. The truth is somebody, and his name is Jesus Christ. Go to the truth of that person, and you will find your way. You'll know what to do. On Saturday, the the reading was from John chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. And again, it's just this beautiful, beautiful place. And again, it picks up, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Wow. You mean you're bringing me a commandment, Jesus, and and then you want my joy to be full? Well, he goes on in verse 12 to say, well, here's my commandment. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you go out and bear fruit, and fruit that will abide forever. So that whatever you ask then in my father's name... He may give it to you. This I command you, to love one another. John Paul II said about that meditation. So meditation, again, so we read it and we meditate on it. What does that mean again? We pick out a word or a phrase. The the phrase that Jesus said that John Paul picked out was, as the Father loves me, so I also love you. The word as, he picked out the word as, as the Father loves me, so I also love you. So I don't just love you, I love you as God loves, as God the Father loves. John Paul said the word as indicates the degree of Jesus' love and of the love with which his disciples are called to love one another. After saying, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you, Jesus continues with the words which indicate the sacrificial gift of his life on the cross. This is how much he loves you as the witness to a love to the end. Greater love has no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. Jesus asks us to be perfect in that command of love, in his commandment, 
to become part of the unfolding of his complete giving. This is that giving, that pouring out that Jesus does on the cross. Look at the cross. You'll understand what love is. That's the truth. And that's also this this sacrificial love that we're all called to do, to give to one another. What a difference from these tyrants of the world huh, that are grasping and trying to take and take and take. Jesus is teaching us what love is. huh? Okay, so I'm going to go to Sunday's reading. This is if you're sharing this with your kids, you you come up with your own words to do this. I will also uh, put it in the show notes where on uh, the John Paul II Renewals, uh, Renewals, Renewal Center website, our website, you'll be able to find this uh, this teaching Tuesday night in the Smith Home, becoming a Christ-centered family. Very easy, very easy to do, and you'll find it. It's less than a page long, and and just some beautiful. Uh, it, it's a beautiful way to step into the story and to be empowered to live this out. So Sunday. We're going to go backwards a little bit. We're going to go to John 13. And this is right after uh, Jesus sends Judas out. So Judas, Judas is going to betray him. Don't, this is the Last Supper. This is where the Eucharist come from. This is the self-giving love that's going to be perpetuated all through the through our history. We can go receive this Last Supper at Mass. That's what happens on the altar at Mass. huh? So this is the beauty of that. So anyways, uh, he Jesus just in this where I'm going to pick up has just sent uh, Judas out and listen again what he's talking about here when he had gone out that's Judas Jesus said now is the son of man glorified and in him God is glorified if God is glorified in him God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once what does he mean God is glorified what is exactly what that mean it's precisely when Jesus accepts his suffering at the hands of evil men that he shows us the dimension of God's love for us in the world isn't that powerful huh right so he accepts this he's showing us the dimensions of God's love so God is glorified God will also glorify him and himself this is this love that he's pouring out to us Jesus goes on in in verse 33 little children yet a while I am with you you will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. He's talking about his crucifixion that's going to come. You know, that night is Holy Thursday, so he's going to get arrested and the next day put to death. Huh? So he, you cannot come. So he said this to finish this up, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Wow. The new commandment, huh? The Torah, that's the first five books of the Old Testament, commanded human love for ourselves and our neighbor. It was calling and demanding love for ourselves and our neighbor. Well, Jesus commands divine love for one another that is modeled on his own acts of charity and generosity. This is supernatural love that comes not from us, but from the spirit that he blows into us. He redeems us, saves us. See, we're walking in. This is the story that we walk into. I want to end up with a meditation from Sister Mary of Holy Trinity. She was the poor Claire of Jerusalem. She was born in 1901, died in 1942, so she was only 41 years old. It's amazing how God takes uh, some of these people fairly young. But she would have these visions of Christ and, and this, this total union and communion with Christ. And so she titles this meditation on that gospel, Receiving Christ's Love and Giving Christ's Love. So the Lord said, The more you give me, the more I will increase your capacity for giving. You have seen that I keep my word. Why do do you not always believe me? Jesus is speaking to Sister uh, Mary. Oh, how uh, how full I am of compassion, he said. 
and how I desire the generosity of some to make reparation for others. It is love that makes reparation. So what is, what is reparation? You know, that amends for the wrong that one has done, so the wrong that mankind has done. Why does he come into the story? Because of love. Christ takes on our pain, our sins, and our suffering, and be able to blow Ruah, the spirit of divine life, back into us. Why? So that we have supernatural hearts and supernatural lives and supernatural love. This is how we love one another, um, and, and we can keep our marriages and our families together. It's impossible without God. We were never supposed to be separated from him. So let me go on with this. Sin, sister said, is always a want of love for God. Sin is always a want. It's a lack of love for God. She said, just as storms are necessary in nature, so are they necessary in every living soul. She said, do not lose your serenity on account of those who are being tried. Pray for them. Offer the sufferings of my passion, Jesus said, and some acts of self-denial. So Jesus is saying, look at, pray for those that are going through trials. And he said, make some acts of self-denial. You know, almost every day I wake up and I give something up, you know, dessert or wine or this or that or whatever, and sometimes multiple things. And just little self-denials, huh? Jesus said this, I ask only for love. So many anxieties and shadows are in your heart. Think of me, of me, perfect beauty, splendor, peace, life, truth, holiness, of me, your God who loves you. Give me your heart, sister, your whole heart. And he's speaking to all of us. And he said, Jesus said, and do you not also wish to give me your life? I desire it. I have need of it. Why does Jesus have need of our hearts? Because of love. That's how we're created. She goes on to say, It is such a great thing to belong to me. This is from Jesus. What does anything else matter to you? Be full of joy at belonging to me. I want you to be altogether mine. Your real cloister. Now, Jesus is speaking to Sister Mary about her cloister. So she's a cloistered nun. That means she doesn't go outside, she stays within this cloister. But he says, Your real cloister the place that you really find a, a, a space huh, for your heart without boundaries now. So her cloister has boundaries, huh? it has walls, but his cloister has no boundaries. And it's my heart, he said. This is your refuge. This is your cradle. Come there. It is always open. It is always awaiting you. It will give you strength, joy, meekness, love. For Jesus says, I wish you to be joyous and strong, irresistibly loving. And very meek. Am I not enough for you? Is it not sufficient for you to know that your Jesus loves you? Ask me for two things, sister, two graces. And this he speaks to all of us again. To be indulgent with others, to be patient, right, with others, to show mercy and kindness with others. And the strength, he said, silently on every occasion, without relaxing, to overcome evil with good. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for being with me. And don't forget the general audiences on Theology of the Body every Wednesday. Those are such such beautiful meditations. This really tells you the story. Turn people on to that. They're going to find the foundation of who we are, You know what our meaning and purpose in life is, why we're created male and female. How do I find happiness here on earth? How do I find love that satisfies forever? The last thing is, if you can, if you can keep us in your prayers and financially support us, uh, we, can, we would love it and appreciate your help. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for being with me today. Bye-bye, everyone. 